There's something curious about this broadcast. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, and we have main engine start. 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, and liftoff. This is TGP nominal. Extra. All systems remain nominal. 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 Hello everybody and welcome to TGP Nominal Extra, your monthly look at all things science fact and science fiction. Well, it's September already and uh, I have to apologise right now, we haven't had the opportunity to do a proper show. I am working on that, I need to work with John to uh, get this sorted but at the moment it's a bit difficult like i keep saying life keeps getting in the way but we will persevere and we'll get on with it but because it's the beginning of the month and this hasn't stopped as you've probably realized it's our monthly sky guides and we can't do that without one person and that is ross hockham from uk astronomy how are you doing sir hello it's me again i'm here every month (laughs) i won't let you down mark don't you worry <laughs> so, uh, what's been happening for you lately? Well, as we spoke before about, not really a lot was happening, was it? There was a few online things and stuff like that, and then suddenly, towards the end of August, I, I've had 12 days off, and I thought, ah, oh, got a couple of things to do, but I can chill. First bit of time off I've actually had since the whole things happened. Because with my job, I'm a firefighter, so obviously I still go to work. And I haven't had any time off over it. And I've been in there and I thought, yes, this will be nice. And then slowly, literally a week before my time off, boom, just absolutely packed 12 days. (laughs) So for doing nothing, I've done more in a week than I've done in sort of like three or four months. So, yeah, I'm I'm knackered now. A lot of the events that we would normally go to and things obviously got cancelled, but a lot of them were converted into these online streaming things which is where you come into your own really with those kind of stuff don't you yeah we try yeah i did an online talk for buckingham council this august so yeah the last month that was really cool so because people can't actually go out and do the start you know events and things they're actually asking us to do sort of like an online talk an online go out and see the sky sort of thing so fingers crossed yeah we've, we've done lots of posts about going in your gardens and looking up and doing what you can and as we said before you just have to evolve don't you yeah you certainly do i mean i've had a, a little bit of opportunity again to go out and, and uh, take a couple of photos nothing spectacular i did put a couple of them in the group i managed to get a, a decent well what i call decent one of mars uh, somebody in the group said the other day mars is quite a disappointing planet because all you see is a blob yeah for a telescope at the moment you can see a bit of detail i think but when you take a picture unless really you've got all that sort of stacking you know devices and loads of pictures on top of each other you can't really see if you're in a picture a lot of detail you might if you're lucky get a bit of like red and then darker color because kind of showing the planes and things but but nah not really (laughs) unfortunately to say one of the other things i see quite regularly because of the fact that i as you know are very much a night owl when i start going to bed right outside on the balcony the first thing i can see just before i go to bed is venus because that's where she's prominent at that point you can't really miss her at the moment hopefully i think she's drifting back towards the sun now so she might not be shining through your window anymore (laughs) for a while (laughs) couple of months maybe it was good for a photo opportunity for me and i I have been playing with the settings on my phone because 
it has got manual settings on there it's very basic but you can still muck about with the exposure and all that kind of stuff and it does make some differences yeah phones are pretty good these days I've seen some awesome pictures with some of the new phones I mean I've only got a 5 I've got going upgrade this month so I don't know what I'm going to go for but some of the phones I've seen there some fantastic zooms on them now and actually people are using it to record the moon taking pictures and then using those pictures from your phone to stack through software and bring it out so people are actually using their phones to do that it's brilliant yeah and some of them now have got what they, they're calling or classing as astrophotography mode yeah they actually have a mode on there which I haven't actually seen one up close to actually see if it's any good no I've seen, I've seen some pictures put on the uh, Facebook group but I haven't actually had a play or seen one yet so I, I look forward to it it's going to be a sticking point for me now when I go and upgrade I'm like hmm do I completely change phones to one that's got an astrophotography mode <laughs> 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 oh I don't know because it's all going to be I don't know if I have any apps or I don't know we'll find out but that leads on nicely to be fair on to uh, the uh, meteor shower that went by yeah should I say the thunderstorms <laughs> yeah that too <laughs> It's the same it's the same week, wasn't it, when it kind of peaked. I was in Eastbourne, so I was quite lucky I was out, you know, on holiday a little visiting my cousins. Had four days there. Look, let's see, I've never seen so like clear and still and warm. It was lovely. But then every evening a huge thunderstorm would come rolling in. So it was quite difficult to find the uh, Percy of Meteor shower, but I did manage to get a few. Did you get to see any? I didn't well, I don't think I did. There was something that moved quickly but i'm not 100 sure if that was one of them i'm i'm gonna put it down to yes it was but i'm not 100 sure <laughs> yeah if in doubt just go, yeah i saw one no one's gonna know no one's gonna know yeah so for me it was the first time i've actually uh ever tried out the camera because we used the camera before didn't i to get neowise the uh, comet a couple of months ago and really really impressed with that because i'm new to cameras so I've never really used them. So I've got uh, our guy, our resident astrophotographer, Will Cheng, and we've also got David Pickles as well. He helped me with the uh, Neowise, and Will helped me get the settings right. So it's the first time I went out on my own on a cliff edge in the middle of the night, which I wouldn't recommend because <laughs> you could fall off it. But I was sat there for about four hours, and usually you have this special thing. It's called an intervolumental or something like that. It literally will automatically, every couple of seconds, take the photo for you. So you can just click it on, put how many seconds you want it to do for, and just it will just do itself for like three or four hours uh, my phone does that involuntary anyway for oh. some reason it, it just takes photos randomly of you just, the floor uh, in your pocket and <laughs> will bless him he, he ordered one for me apparently the camera is so new it's got an adapter that they haven't actually brought out yet so it doesn't work so luckily i've got a uh, it's on an app on your phone so i can do it manually on my phone without touching the camera which is quite cool through bluetooth so i laid on the floor for about three hours manually with my thumb just looking up I could hear the camera go click right press the button again click press the button again click i think i did about 300 photos my thumb was killing me <laughs> by the end of it but every time i took the photo i heard it go the shutter opened i think i had it on about 10 seconds or something like that maybe 15 depending and as soon as it stopped a meteor went i went are you kidding me it happened so many times i got to the point where i'm like do you know what this, this has to happen at some point and then i've finally managed to open it heard it go and then this big one went through and i went Come on, I must have got that. I went and looked and I have. I've got a really cool meteor there. So it's my first ever one. I think I managed to get two more that you can see that I didn't realise I'd got because I hadn't seen them. So you have to go through afterwards, like 300 photos, trying to see, you can see these little streaks of light. So I was really lucky in a way. 
because <laughs> there was a thunderstorm behind me just over sort of past Eastbourne going off in the background and it was slowly crept up this way but luckily it only covered about half the sky and I didn't get wet or electrocuted but it was a really cool night it's the first time I've ever done it so I've learned and hopefully next time I do it I'll actually have one of these things that will do it for me automatically because I was wondering the next day why my like thumb was aching so much and I was like oh yeah it's because I pressed the button about 300 times <laughs> But it's all good fun. Am I right in thinking you took a trip to the National Space Centre? I did, yes. And that was actually to go and meet Will. He's joined UK Astronomy and he's in there chatting. He does Facebook Lives, doesn't he, of like the moon and stuff for people. And yeah, we uh, we wanted to show the van. So he came down. He lives in like Newcastle. Is it a Pontine now or a Pine Pond something? Yeah, Newcastle Pontine. That's the one. So he lives up there. I obviously live down in Milton Keynes, so it's a bit of a trip. So he was staying in York for something. So the space center for him was only about maybe an hour and a half, maybe something like that away. Ours was about an hour away. So we were kind of trying to find somewhere in the middle to meet. Just so I thought, look, I'll bring the van up. You can see it. You can go around it and give me any advice on it or anything. So I like to get people's advice on what they think might help in there or might do something. What was bang in the middle? The Leicester Space Center. So you couldn't say no to that. <laughs> so yeah, that was a great day, man. If you get to go there, ah, oh, love it. I mean, it's a little bit quieter, which is good. I mean, the kids are back to school now in September, aren't they? So it'd be even quieter. Um, uh, not necessarily. Oh, not necessarily. The first ever TGP nominal episode, which went out in 2014 on World Space Week, we went to the National Space Centre and we worked with a couple of their uh, education people, Zoe Bailey and Josh Barker. We did this thing called the Space Cadets Guide to Space, where we had a load of questions that we'd been given by different schools and stuff, and we went to the Space Centre and use their exhibits with the help of their education team to answer the questions and guide us through the cosmos. Uh, and it was for our first ever episode. It was absolutely fantastic. But we went there when there was a lot of school parties. <laughs> And it was a bit loud. Loads of screaming <laughs> and running around in the background. Yeah. To be fair, that was a bit, a bit like me when I was there. But no, if, if you do get to go, it's, it's a really cool place to go. And you, you have to book at the moment, so you book in advance. But that, that lets you in the planetarium as well. So they have a planetarium show, which is, I believe, all about the moon landings and how they did it. It's really well done. It is a really good show. I was very impressed. What else do we do this month? Uh, I helped Janelle, our NASA lady. She's a uh, science teacher. Over the summer, all the kids kind of like pick a picture and then process it themselves. So they're doing a bit of sort of astrophotography processing. So they got to change the colours and bring out more things of like galaxies and things and nebulas, whatever they chose really. I think it might have been from a remote telescope or something like that. So they got the pictures and they chose which ones they wanted and they played around with them. And then she uh, wanted to do like a live talk with them so they could show off their pictures, explain why they did the colours and she invited me along to uh, kind of like chat to them as well. And I was really impressed, man. They did some really cool pictures. Some kids were very into, you know, they wanted to make it let's do look as detailed and as good as they were others were like i want it to be colorful they made it pink they made it blue all these cool colors coming out and i'm not really into the whole processing thing but to actually sit and think man if these kids can do it <laughs> come on ross get to grips <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that was something cool that we did and as i said it was a, a talk to buckingham council as well online and bless them they donated to us as well so they've given us a little bit extra to help us keep going over these trying times so that's really nice of them oh we actually had the the maiden voyage 
of the spacecrafter. So my friend, Mr. Pickles, which we've probably talked about before, he runs the Sea Cadets because he's in the Navy. And I think both his kids are involved in it. And he, he asked me if we wanted to go and teach a few kids. I think you could only have something like 16 in the room at a time. So it was a small group. And he went, do you want to try out the, you know, the mobile observatory? So I was like, yeah, why not? Let's have a go. So we went up there for him, did the, the little talk that I usually do. And then there's a uh, train museum, like a full train museum, not the little ones, proper trains, real ones, just next door to it. So they've got a whole track, they've got like a pub and they do food there and everything. You can eat on the train and things. So we were actually then drove the van up onto the platform of this train museum, which is a proper real platform, and did the actual visual astronomy there with the kids and the parents. All COVID safe, of course, so wore masks, everything got disinfected, everything's cleaned, all that sort of stuff. But it was really cool. It was the first go and the van worked. It got us there, all the gear came out really easily. So for its maiden voyage, we've got a seal of approval so far. And all the kids loved it, which is the most important thing. So yeah, it's been a busy month and also towards the end. Frankie got me because she used to work for a company. I think it was, it was a photographic company. She knew a guy who worked for Wex and they just opened a brand new store in Milton Keynes, which is like a photo and video sort of. They sell cameras and stuff there. I don't really know too much about it. But we went and had a meeting with a the guy there because he wants to kind of do some sort of event so that he can introduce, you know, the, the camera side of it, the astrophotography side. There isn't really anything out there. I was talking to Will about it because he's into it more than me. That when you go and do astrophotography, you can't go to a shop and they will say, yes, astrophotography, we know all about it. This is the route you need to go. No one really kind of does it, if you know what I mean. But these guys are great. I mean, I mean, we don't know if the event's going to happen or anything because, you know, it's all down to whether we can do it safely at the, the end of the day. But we're hoping to do an outside bit with some telescopes and then they're going to have some telescopes in there, hopefully, I think provided by Celestron, which are, there, are going to be their sort of recommended ones and they might have a sale on, I don't know. But two of the guys there who work behind the counter do astrophotography and are very knowledgeable. So for me, I'm like, well, now I know a good supplier of cameras that they can actually go in and talk to these two guys behind the counter. And, you know, that's for me now, that's, that's someone else. I can now just say, right, well, go there for a telescope. But if you're after a camera and some advice, go there. And they'll actually be able to steer you in the right direction, hopefully. That's what you need. So, yeah, it's good. So, yeah, it's been a really busy like couple of weeks, but really fun. I really enjoyed it. I feel like I'm getting back into it. So we're going to leave it there and uh, we're going to come back after this break and we're going to go into September. Hi, I'm Matt Damon. I play astronaut Mark Watney in The Martian. In the story, my character is accidentally stranded on Mars. Sending people to Mars and returning them safely is the challenge of a generation. The whole world held its breath when the Curiosity rover landed in 2012. The boot prints of astronauts will follow those rover tracks, thanks to innovations happening today. NASA's journey to Mars begins on the International Space Station, some 250 miles overhead, where we're learning how humans can thrive over long periods without gravity. Here at home, people are working across the country on the new Orion spacecraft and space launch system rocket that will carry astronauts farther than ever before. When we invent new technologies for exploration, it benefits all of humanity. But more than that, the journey to Mars will forever change our history books, rewriting what we know about the red planet and expanding a human presence deeper into the solar system. Follow NASA's journey to Mars at www.nasa.gov. On canvas with paint in the artist's school, it is red that is hot and blue that is cool. 
But in science we show, as the heat gets higher, a star will glow red like the coals of a fire. Raise the heat some more, and what is in sight? Behold, the star glows bright white. But the hottest of all, I say unto you, is neither red nor white when a star has turned blue. This is TGP Nominal. Welcome back to TGP Nominal Extra. So, Ross, September. It's got to be the best month ever. Well, best month of the year for me because it's actually my <laughs> birthday month. So I'm, I'm very much looking forward to that. It's the 19th. If anyone wants to donate for my birthday to UK Astronomy, that's fine. Other than my birthday, the most important thing at the moment, I think, I'm not sure if it's a NASA thing, there's an International Observe the Moon Night. It's on the 26th of this month. Will Cheng is going to actually do a Facebook Live session on that night. So uh, straight from his camera, he's going to do it live through the telescope onto the moon and actually talking, telling you about bits, answering questions that you go on there. I'm unfortunately working that night, so I might be able to get on at some point before or after and maybe help do a Facebook Live as well and talk about the moon and things. So keep an eye on that on our Facebook group because that would be really cool to see. Will's very, very good. He's very good at answering questions and uh, apparently I've heard that he's got a very soothing voice. So if you want your kids to fall asleep <laughs> to the sound of Will talking about the moon, the 26th is the night for it. It looks like NASA are actually doing something for it. It's being hosted by the NASA Planetary Missions Program and the US Space and Rocket Center. And there's a link which I'll put in the show notes to the event, which is going to be live on YouTube. Excellent. It says, we are celebrating International Observe the Moon Night on September the 26th. You will enjoy a live planetarium show with interviews with planetary scientists. Don't miss out on this fun and informative program. This event is hosted by the Marshall Space Flight Center's Planetary Missions Program and the US Space and Rocket Center. I'll put a link to that in the show notes. This has been flagged up by Noah Petro, who is one of the scientists involved with the Lunar Reconnaissance Orbiter. You know, on the events and it's just which people are interested. Um, Alan Stern is interested in this program, and Alan Stern is the chief scientist who was involved with the New Horizons mission. Awesome. Well, if he's interested, <laughs> so should we be. That sounds really cool. And then if you guys do something as well, but obviously you do something and it'll be on a different time scale to what's going on in America. So people can watch whatever you guys are doing and still watch whatever NASA's doing. Yeah, fingers crossed. In the end of the day, I think there's going to be loads going on, hopefully. I mean, they might even do a month's worth of talking about the moon and stuff like that. You never know. So yeah, keep your eyes and your ears peeled. So right, on to the month. On the 5th, the moon is not far from the god of war, Mars. They're rising at around 9.30pm and through the night to the morning, the moon's going to move closer and closer to the planet. And so the morning of the 6th, around about 6.30, apparently it looks like it's going to look like they're almost touching. They're actually going to be really, really close to each other. Not literally, because they are a billion miles away and stuff like that, but in the sky, they're actually going to look really close to each other. So it might be something quite cool to go out and see. You can see it in the evening and then when you're up in the morning, have another look and you might be able to see how close they are there. Good picture opportunity, possibly. The same day, this is the 6th, the moon also reaches its apogee, the farthest point from Earth. So it's going to appear kind of smaller in the sky. So the moon kind of moves a little bit to and from as it goes around in orbit. So it's going to be its furthest point to the Earth. You're probably not going to notice much difference. You may do, but really it's only going to be if you've been looking at the moon for a while, you might notice it. Something cool to know though. 
Uh, if we move on to the 9th of September, there is a very weak meteor shower. There's only around, I think that they say about five or eight per hour, and it's the Epsilon Perseid. And the only reason I really want to mention it is because, yeah, you might see a few, you never know. But it's the lesser known. But there was the main one in August, which was really meant to be really impressive, 100 or whatever. This one's only about five or eight, but it's kind of around the same place. So following on from last month's biggie, why not go and have a look? Again, it's some below the W of Cassiopeia in the sky. So Perseus is just below this sort of W that's in the sky of stars. Have a look around there. You never know. You might see something fly past like Mark did. And we'll just say, yes, that was a meteor. <laughs> Go for it. Moving on to the 10th. Mars is going to do something a little strange in the sky. It happens, uh, I, think, I think, every year probably. But you're not really going to notice it unless you've been sort of marking its position. It's mainly because of our orbit. So what's going to happen is it'll appear to kind of stop in the sky move backwards a little bit and then reverse back to its normal motion and that's called a, a retrograde motion or orbit it almost like makes a little circle in the sky above itself and then carries on and that's just because of how our orbit works because you think that we move past the planet stop and then it's almost like we're going back again as we go around so have a look you might notice that it kind of moves and does stuff if you're taking pictures of it do it with the stars sort of like a wider angle lens you've got it there and then you could actually might be able to see it do it each night Moving on to next night, the 11th, we've got Neptune, the sea god. He uh, reaches his opposition, meaning that it's a really good time to have a look in. It's when it's meant to be slightly brighter, maybe slightly bigger. You're going to need a telescope to see it because it it's quite hard to see a pair of binoculars unless you've got a really dark sky and a steady hand, I don't think. I mean, I've only ever seen it through a telescope and that was a go-to one which found it for us. And even then we had trouble picking it out. But once you found it, you can see it's completely different. It's a really nice sort of like blue marble or a bit of blue sack, as one of the kids told me, floating in space. So it's in uh, the constellation Aquarius, the water bearer. So on the 11th, have a look around that date. It doesn't have to be that exact date, but it's going to be better to see this month. So have a look, see if you can find Neptune if you can. Moving on to the 12th, around about 9 p.m., if you point your scopes towards Jupiter, the king, you should be able to see the shadow of a moon crossing its surface. It's the moon Ganymede. It finishes around 10.55, so you've got about an hour, two hours there. Pop out, pop a scope on it, see if you can actually see the shadow of a moon going across it. It's pretty cool. Moving on to the 14th, you've got a morning thing happening. Probably get to see it throughout. I'll probably say after sort of like 12, 1 o'clock or something like that. It's going to be a really nice conjunction with Venus. There's going to be a thin crescent moon and then M44, which is known as the Beehive Cluster or Presepi. It sounds a bit Italian, that, doesn't it? It's found in the middle of the constellation Cancer. So it's a really colourful cluster. It's a really good binocular object. Might be able to see it with eyes. I think I have before in Milton Keynes. That's quite light polluted. So the actual cluster is going to be sort of wedged almost between these two solar bodies. So you can have Venus down bottom right and the moon sort of like top left, I believe. So that's quite a cool thing to go out and see in the morning. The 15th onto the moon. It's now out of the way, which means we have a few days to get hunting for those deep space objects like galaxies, nebulas, globular clusters. We've got a load of sky guides on our website, www.ukastronomy.org. It's easy to remember. Pop on there. There's loads of free guides. So if you want to grab one, they're PDFs as well. So you can put them onto your iPad. You can print them off, take them out and have a look while the moon's out of the way. Now, moving on to the 16th, you may in the morning be able to now spot a really thin crescent moon. It's gonna be really thin. It's gonna be around about 5 a.m. They always kind of look thin and almost kind of ready because it's quite low in the atmosphere and going for it. So it's something really cool to see in the morning. 
On the 18th, the moon is now going to move to the opposite side of the sun. So 20 minutes after sunset, you'll now see if you can spot an even fainter, really thin crescent moon. Now this one's going to be really thin. I believe it's something like 2% or something like that. But it's really cool to see on sort of the horizon. And although it's now the opposite, so you've got the apogee and then you've got perigee, meaning it's now its closest approach to the Earth, it will still be a hard spot, even though it's meant to be slightly bigger. I don't think it really makes too much difference unless you're really for a telescope and stuff. Then we move on to the 22nd, and today the sun passes the celestial equator at 2.30 p.m., marking the autumn equinox, which means winter is coming. Yes, cold, dark, clear nights. That's what we love. You guys might not, but astronomers do. So for us, it's the mark of the season is beginning. So the 24th. The moon reaches its quarter phase. So this is where we can start talking about what we can see on the moon a bit more because it's going to start to like brighten as its phase goes. And it's a great time on the 24th to try and find the smiley face of Albertegnius. Let's go with that one. I like that. Albertegnius. So there's a crater there. It's all going to be on Mark's notes, by the way, TGP nominal. He has all the notes there. He put pictures up for you as well. So, you know, you can listen to me go on, but you can actually see how it's properly pronounced. So if you find this crater above right of the huge crater Tycho, which you can't miss, really, really big. I think it's kind of like top right of it. And as the sun hits this crater, it will look like a smiley face. It's strange because it kind of like hits the one side of the crater edges. So it looks like a smile. And then on the inside, there's a couple of little bits that stick up. So they look like eyes. So yeah, you might see a smiley face looking back. If you have trouble finding it, there's a, a Moon Globe HD is quite a good app for this. I found it on there. It doesn't tell you the pronunciation though. So I'm going to have to learn this one now. Now we're going to be talking about it. On the same night, you may be lucky enough to see the lunar X and V before it sets around about 11 p.m. So the moon will be setting quite early. Well, that's early for me. So the lunar X and V is kind of in the middle of the moon. But again, we'll put a picture up to show you where it is. I don't know if you're going to see it exactly because the shadow changes and it might be during the day. But have a look. You might get to see that as well. Quite cool. Moving on to the 25th, we've got Clavius Crater around about 10 p.m. This one almost looks like a pair of eyes just staring up out of the crater. I've not seen this yet, so I'm actually quite, I'm going to try and go out and get a picture because I managed all the other ones. So around about 10 p.m., the shadow is going to cover the crater apart from the very rims of two inner craters known as Clavius's eyes. So they're going to kind of like be peeking out like there's a huge monster looking out of the crater at you. Quite cool to show the kids. You can always tell a story about it if you like. Uh, the moon will not be far from the planets Jupiter and Saturn also that night, so have a little peek at them. And then the 26th, the International Reserve the Moon Night. So make sure you get out, take some pictures. You can post them in our Facebook group if you like. Search for some interesting craters or objects with us. There's another cool effect on the moon tonight. If you find the large crater Plato, sort of like at the top of the Mare Imbrium. So if you're looking at the actual moon, I think it's top left. It's a large flat plane. The shadow creates a sort of hook shape in the crater. I think it looks more like a praying mantis's leg, but if you actually look at the crater itself, you'll see like a kind of curved shadow on the inside of it. And you make up your own mind what you think it is. That's what I think it is, a praying mantis's leg. The same night is a great night to check out uh, the mountain range that's on there as well, Montez Apennis. It's meant to be uh, named after the Apennines. It's a lot bigger though, a lot bigger. I don't think you can even see our ones from the moon to the earth. So they should be sticking out of the shadow, maybe about a quarter of the way down, depending if you're using a reflector. Remember, a reflecting telescope will flip the image around. The 27th, you've then got what's known as the jeweled handle on the moon. 
It's an effect on the Jura Mountains, which is part of the Sinus Iridium area. So if you found Plato the other night, it should be quite easy to find Plato. It's quite a prominent crater. To the left of that, that's kind of where the Jura Mountains are. There's almost like a bit of mare that almost looks like it's been bit out of the mountains. And what happens here is the morning light just catches the peaks of the mountains and the tips create like a cool effect. And that's why they call it a jeweled handle. So it looks like a handle of jewels glinting. Mare. Imbrium is the main mare there. There is a little one called the uh, Sinus Imbrium. It's the top left of it and that's where they are. So if you find the big mare, just look up a bit to the top left and it should be there. Around about 10 o'clock, I believe. So it look quite cold. It's like a bite's been taken out of it. Right, moving on. The 28th, same area. When you saw the jeweled handle right at the very tip of those mountains going back into the mare, is where you can see what's known as the maiden on the moon. It's best seen with an inverted look. So for a reflector with a mirror, we'll do it for you. It's pretty much just looks like a lady sat on the rock with flowing hair. I managed to see it a few months ago, took some pictures. It's quite a cool illusion. It does look quite wicked. So it's definitely worth something going out to see. So really all I can say is for the month, just keep an eye on the moon this month. Watch how it moves, watch its phases, look at it each night, because each night the phases change and you can see different things on there. There's loads of like lava tubes that have collapsed. There's like shock waves where impacts have hit and brought all rubble and stuff up. There's all sorts of cool things on the moon to see, which people don't really know about. They just look and go, oh yeah, that's the moon. So yeah, that's everything for September. So I hope you go out and enjoy it and see lots of stuff. So what have you got coming up? Very strange one. The 12th and the 13th, we've actually been invited to a, uh, a customised vehicle event in Finden, which is known as the Festival of Fuel. Now, it's something that we had never thought of. <laughs> we've been to fakes and things like that, but the guy saw our van and was like, that's a customised vehicle. Would you like to come and uh, join us? So he's given us a free ticket to go there. So we're going to take the mobile observatory there, the spacecraft, uh, do some solar astronomy. Hopefully it'll be a nice day to sit there. We can actually look at the sun safely, show people sunspots and flares and things. And never thought about this, but it's a kind of another niche. It's just come out of nowhere. <laughs> so it's something else we can go and do. Quite cool, I think. I quite like that sort of thing. There's going to be a lot of customised vehicle rallies that you might want to consider, to be honest. If you know any, you have to let me know. Because the great thing with it is we can go there and we can teach astronomy at the same time if it's clear. And if it isn't clear, I can always do a talk from the back of the van, hopefully, because I know the projector works from it. I've just still got to find out how long it will last. <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> hopefully an hour. That's my, my going rate. People seem to think it'll be good, so that'd be good. Yeah, and then randomly as well, we might have another event with Stowe House coming up. We're not sure yet, because that, again, all depends on whether we can do it safely or whether the house is happy doing it. You know, as I said, I'd rather not do anything and make sure people are safe than go out and risk lives and things. It's not worth it. It's entirely down to whether we think we can do it safely. But something we have got coming up, and it's going to be one of these dates. We're not sure which one yet. So over the 27th, 28th or 29th, depends which one's clear. So what happened was I was on my Facebook group and there's a guy there called Carl Leach. 
and he's got like a gang of pavement astronomers. They literally do like John Dobson did back in the day, who's the Dobsonian telescopes named after. He literally turns up on the street with some friends and telescopes and shows people planets and stuff. And he said it was so amazing, the last one I saw, he actually had a queue for like an hour of people queuing up because obviously he can only have a certain amount of people on each scope and he has to wipe them down and things like that before. So I saw him out there doing it and I thought, mate, that's fantastic. I love that. I was sitting there thinking, I've got a van. Why am I just sat here with a van on the drive? I need to get involved in this stuff. I need to go out and do that sort of thing. That's what we're about. That I was missing. I was like, yes, we can do that. So I messaged him, can I come and help? He was like, yeah, of course you can. So I'd love to have you here, it'd be brilliant. So now hopefully it's down in, uh, I've got to get this right, Shirley in Solihull. I might say that wrong. It is Shirley, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's um, good. I'll tell you why I know that. I've been there many times. Um, I don't know if it's still there. There's a curry house called the Shirley Temple. Ah, get a takeaway from the Shirley Temple. Brilliant. <laughs> I like that. Good sense of humour. Yeah, so hopefully we'll be meeting there. He's got, So far he's found, I think, a nice car park that's going to be completely cleared. So we're going to turn up with a mobile observatory, him and all his gang. He's putting it all out. I think we're going to do it on Facebook when we can, but at the moment the plans are still kind of going ahead. But it's literally going to be just a stargazing night. I might be able to do a talk from the van. We're going to try and test it, find out how things go. I know I can do it, but we'll see what happens. So, yeah, keep an eye on the Facebook group. He's inspired me. So thank you, Carl, for that. That's brilliant. 27th, 28th and 29th. If you want to come and join us and hopefully see, I think the moon will be up and some planets and that, you'll be more than welcome. Spanhead Productions are a small independent sound recording company based in rural Hertfordshire. We specialise in creating content for all your podcasting needs, whether it be field recordings, fox pops, or capturing the atmosphere during social events. Editing is a very time-consuming job, so Spanhead Productions are on hand to take away some of the burden for you. Just advise us on how you'd like your content to sound, and we will do the rest. We can even help you design and manage a website for your podcast too. Visit us now, spanheadproductions.com. Weebly.com. That's spamheadproductions.weebly.com. So, Ross, it's always excellent having you on the show. Thank you for having me, as always. Always enjoy myself. And it's good to see that things are really starting picking up for everybody now. It's starting to come into its own, and as long as everybody keeps to the, the guidelines and everything, why not? It's fantastic. We are planning on doing something later in the month for the main show. I'm going to be speaking to John within the next couple of days about that and getting it sorted. So look out for that. And that leaves me with one thing left to say, and that is stay safe one and all. Thanks for listening, and I'll speak to you all again real soon. And there's a billion worlds in your back garden. Clear skies. Well, that about wraps it up for this episode of TGP Nominal. If you want to get in touch with us, then... Send an email to garbagepod at virginmedia.com, where your input is our output. Or click the social media icons at the top left of the page over at tgpnominal.weebly.com. If you would like to subscribe to any of our podcasts, you can do so via iTunes, the RSS feed, and also Stitcher and TuneIn On Demand Radio. And you can listen to me going solo, bringing you the latest in movies and home theater for regular people in the Widescreen podcast over at widescreen.org. Don't forget to rate and review us. If you like what we're doing here, then why not buy us a pint by clicking on the donate button on any of the podcast pages. And don't forget to spread the word about us. Station, this is Houston ACR. Thank you. That concludes the event.